Praise the Lord, everybody. It's great to be in church tonight and uh, praying for Pastor and Sister French and much of the ministry of this church at the General Conference in Louisville, Kentucky. I heard today that my friend and a mentor in my life, Brother Scott Graham, was just voted in as our new General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church International. And so I, I feel very good about that, and I'm excited about what God is doing. Many of you have heard Brother Graham preach uh, at our conferences over the years, at our camp meetings. And uh, so I'm very encouraged by that and, and uplifted, and I believe the hand of God is is on us as a church, but also this church is not an island unto itself. We're connected to the kingdom of God. Now, I don't believe that the United Pentecostal Church has uh, a corner on truth. There are other denominations that are apostolic, that believe just as we do, that are doing a great work, but we are the largest uh, apostolic denomination that is doing tremendous work around the world with missions and I'm thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God, aren't you? I'm thankful to be a part of what God is doing in the last days. Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 13. I'm going to read just a few scriptures together uh, before I let you be seated. In honor of the launch of Bible quizzing, and I'm very excited that Bible quizzing is starting tonight with our children of, of all ages and uh, there's a lot of people up there. In fact, there's probably more people upstairs tonight that are in here. Uh, people working in different areas, kids' chapel and Bible quizzing. Uh, but in, in honor of that, uh, I'd like to talk to us about my favorite subject, and that is the Bible, but not just the Bible, of course. I'd, I'd like to talk about studying the Bible or how to study the Bible, or perhaps we could even say why we should study the Bible. And uh, it's a theme that I, I come to every once in a while, and I, I wanted to pick it up tonight as our children begin memorizing the Word. How many think it's a good thing to memorize the Word of the Lord? And so Hebrews chapter 5, I see it's not, there it is, it's on the screen. If you have your Bible, look at it with me. Paul said, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful. Everyone said unskillful in the Word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now, of course, you understand that Paul is not talking about an actual physical age. He is using an allegory here or a metaphor to help us understand that some people are babies in the Lord, and because they are babies in the Lord or in their, in their study of the word, or in their relationship with God, they are spiritual babies. But those that are strong or mature in the Lord, they are of full age. And those who by reason of use, when said because they have used the word, they have studied the word, they have their senses exercised. I like that. To discern both good and evil. Did you know that unless you are a student of the word, you will not have the spiritual maturity to be able to discern what is good 
and what is evil. And the reason many people who claim to be Christians do not recognize evil when they see it or or perhaps they even are doing evil and they don't realize they're doing evil is because they are not strong in the Lord. They are unskillful in the word. Second Timothy 2 and 15, a very familiar scripture study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And so I want to talk to us about becoming skillful in the word, becoming skillful in the word. Can we put our Bibles down? Let's lift up our hands and let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for this great, great, great group of people here that love you, God. And Lord, I pray that we would grow together, mature together, that we would be strengthened together tonight by your word. And I ask it in Jesus name. And everyone said in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for so long. I know you've been standing for a while. Rightly dividing the word. The Bible instructs us to divide the Bible correctly. And if, if it's important for us to rightly divide the word, it means that it is important to God that we are correctly understanding what he has for us for many reasons. And we could break those down. But it's important that we are correctly aligned with the word of God. Otherwise, trouble comes into our life. And many times we do not even know that we're inviting trouble. We don't even know we're in trouble because we do not know the word of God. Today, I was um, vacuuming my house and uh, I had borrowed my parents' rainbow vacuum cleaner. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever seen a <laughs> does everybody know what a rainbow vacuum cleaner is? Well, if you don't know what a rainbow this was my my grandmother's and and then now it's my parents and I was borrowing it um, because my vacuum cleaner is broken. And the thing about rainbow vacuum cleaners is you can't just <laughs> plug them in and use them. They're <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. And, uh, and so I had watched people do it, and uh, I knew you had to put water in it, and I knew you couldn't go past the, the little, uh, little thing they have in there, a little plastic thing. And, and, uh, and I was told that the right thing to do is to put uh, pine sole in there. So I put a little uh, teaspoon of pine sole in there, and uh, my dog is in shedding mode. It's, I guess it's shedding season, and so he's just... He's just shedding all over the house, and my kids were coming home from school, and I hadn't seen them in about 12 days, and I really wanted the house to be extra clean and nice. I'd been working on the house all week, and I'm going to get all this dog hair up. It's going to be freshly vacuumed when they walk into the house. And so I started downstairs, and I, I had the little attachment, you know, and, and I'm going up on the ceiling and everything like that, and then I'm doing the floor, and uh, and everything was just beautiful. If, if you don't have a rainbow. I, I'm just going to tell you, those things pick stuff up from the carpet you didn't even know was in the carpet. I mean, it has a way of just pulling everything out. Things you just never dreamed were down in there. And uh, so it was sparkling. 
there was a heavenly glow in the living room. Just the power of God was moving. I've never been so moved vacuuming a house before. And, uh, uh, and, and I thought about getting one after using it. So I went online until I realized they're more expensive than bricks of gold. They are more expensive than bricks of gold. I'm telling you, they are incredible. And, uh, and so uh, I, I had put it all together, and no one was there to really show me. But I'd watch people do it, and I thought, I have this. And so I realized it's time for me to go upstairs and vacuum the upstairs of the house, which uh, I'm going to repeat the process, feeling very good. Had some gospel music going on the stereo, just feeling the Lord while I'm vacuuming. And I reached down to pick up the rainbow. You know, it's got all these attachments everywhere. And, and I picked it up. And as I pick it up to go upstairs, all of a sudden, the filthy water that had picked up everything from the downstairs of the house dumped all over my living room floor. So now I had about a four foot by four foot black stain of filthy, disgusting <laughs> water. Have you ever seen the water, how it is when you get done? I mean, it, it, it was bad. And it wasn't just water. I mean, there was hair in there. I mean, there were Legos in there. I mean, everything you can imagine was in this, in this pile. And uh, it was about the closest to crying that I've ever been over house cleaning in my entire life. I mean, I was really on the verge. And uh, so I was cleaning it up, and it dawned on me that this is very much how it is with the things of God. Oftentimes, we're, we're trying to get everything correct, and we can be going through life, doing things, trying to stay clean, trying to be right, trying to have everything just so, trying to align ourselves with what we feel is the right way to do things. But if you leave one important attachment undone, when it's time to be lifted up, how many want to go up in the rapture? When it's time to be lifted up, you're not going to be there because you have left something undone that needed to be done. And that's how it is with the word. That's why it's so important that we rightly divide. Everyone said rightly divide. And, uh, and you need to do it for yourself. You see, my problem was I was, I was just relying on uh, having thought that I knew. I'd watched other people. I thought, and I had, uh, but I had never really studied it. So I was trying to do something that I really didn't know how to do yet. And in my, in my uh, manly arrogance, I just thought I knew what I was doing. But obviously, I didn't know what I was doing. And that's one thing when you're cleaning your house. But when it comes to the things of God, you better make sure you know what the word of God says. Because when it's time to be lifted, I want to be lifted. Amen. And so we have to rightly divide, rightly divide. Psalm 119, uh, David said, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate. Every false way, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A light. Everyone said his word is a light. His word is a light. Now, this is an odd thing for a preacher to say. Uh, well, it's not, but I don't hear many preachers say it. 
And uh, I, I feel a real burden to emphasize this lately uh, because I, I see the way uh, Western Christianity is going. You know, there was a time in Christianity where it didn't matter if you were Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Pentecostal, whatever you were, you knew your Bible for the most part. Everybody know what I mean? You could talk to a, a Baptist individual and, and they knew their Bible. They knew their doctrine and their doctrine uh, was incorrect, but they knew why they believed what they believed. They could quote scripture and sometimes they quote it out of context and, and uh, perhaps they were misinterpreting the scripture, but you had to have respect for the fact that they did know their Bible. But we're living in an, in an age where people do not know why they believe what they believe. People do not know the word of God for themselves. Uh, I teach Bible studies. I teach several a week in different homes. And it's, it's always amazing to me how people will have strongly held religious doctrines, theologies, and beliefs, and yet they do not know why they believe that. They can't take you to the scripture. They can't show it to you in a Bible. You can open the Bible with them, and they can't take you to the place that tells them why they believe that. They just believe it because they heard it from someone, or they they saw, nowadays, it's usually a, a TV preacher. They, they heard a TV preacher talking about it, or Maybe they heard it on the radio or, or something. Maybe they read a book about the Bible. You know, there's a lot of people who are reading books about the Bible and then they believe things about the Bible, but they never bother to read the Bible. That's a problem, isn't it? That's a problem in our culture. And so because I see that, I, I find it even in my own church and even with my own children and my own friends, I find it important to say that, yes, we need to be at church every time the doors are open. We need to hear the preaching of the word on Sunday. We need to be uh, in midweek Bible study like we are tonight, receiving the teaching of the word. All of that is incredibly important. You have to have that. I just preached the other day about how faith cometh by what? It cometh by hearing the preaching of the word. That's very, very important. But preaching is not a substitute for us studying the word for ourselves. It's not. The idea that uh, we could come here once or twice a week, three times a week, and, and hear 20, 30, 45 minutes of, of preaching, and that would be enough for us to really study to show ourselves approved is incorrect. We need a daily walk with God. And the, the number one way that we walk with God daily is by interacting with him through his word. Amen. Now, Sister Cole, I believe in prayer with all of my heart, and I know that you do. You've spent a lifetime preaching and teaching about prayer, and I thank God for it. But you would be the first to say, I believe, that we have to combine Bible study and Bible reading with our prayer. When you combine the word with your prayer life, there is a power that comes into your prayer that is undeniable. Combining the word, even prayer by itself is not a substitute for study of the word of God. Okay, I want to take you to the next slide. And I just want to show this to you very quick. This is something like pastor would do. Remember the other day he was showing us the, uh, all the minor prophets. I'm still confused. I don't know what, what that was exactly. He was showing how they interact and it was way too intelligent for me. So I'm going to move very quickly, but look at that. That's all the books of the Bible, 66 books, 40 authors, 
1,500 years, three languages, three continents that it, it encompasses. And all of this combines in, to give us the word of God that aligns itself together perfectly. By the way, that is miraculous. Only God could do that. That's why we know this is not a man-made book. This is a God-breathed, God-inspired book because only God could take all of these things and put it together and give it to us through the inspired word. God did that. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy, all scripture, everyone said all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, I want to say something to you that is important because we read 2 Timothy 3 um, in, in light of the New Testament era. But when Paul was saying this to young Timothy, the preacher, he was talking to him about the Old Testament. Everybody okay? Because he said, you know, these are things that you've known uh, since... Uh, since your birth, your mother and your grandmother, they raised you with this doctrine and all of that Old Testament doctrine. It led you to know who Jesus is. Did you know that you can find the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament? Did you know you can find the revelation of speaking in other tongues in the Old Testament? Did you know you can find the revelation of Jesus named baptism in the Old Testament? Yes, you can. You can find New Testament doctrine in the Old Testament. Why? Because it's just one book. We separate it into old and new, but it's all just the word of God. All scripture is profitable. We need it all. So why am I saying that? If you, if you were to take your Bible and, and hold it, especially if you've got a big, thick study Bible. Anybody have a big, thick study Bible with them tonight? Anyone got a big, thick one? Who's got a great big Bible with them? Sister, sister, oh, sister, uh, Lucas, just raise that up real high. Let's look at that. That can be intimidating when you first pick it up, can't you? It can intimidate you a little bit. There's a lot there. If you're going to really know, if you really believe that all Scripture is profitable, everyone said profitable, for doctrine, reproof. How many like reproof? We don't like reproof, do we? For correction, how many like correction? For correction, for instruction in righteousness. Someone told me the other day, um, well, the, uh, the doctrine against tattoos is only in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. And I said, what about it? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Anybody awake? Hello. It doesn't intimidate me just because it's in the Old Testament. Not at all. The Old Testament is still the word of God. It's still the word of God. You know, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of Old Testament scriptures about modesty. You know, we dressed modestly as apostolics. Amen. And uh, a lot, of course, we have New Testament scripture for that as well. But there's a lot of Old Testament scripture. And I was I was reading that to someone the other day and in, in a Bible study. And they said, well, that's the Old Testament. I said, what about it? All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So you have a problem if you want to cut out more than half of your Bible and say that doesn't apply to me. By the way, if you do that, you know, there's a lot of people who want to pick and choose the parts of the Old Testament that they want to keep and they want to throw out. And the problem is when you start doing that, you need to remember that the Ten Commandments are where? They're in the Old Testament. And yet you'd be hard-pressed to find a Baptist, a Methodist, or a Catholic that would tell you that we should throw the Ten Commandments out. Now, maybe they're doing it, but they wouldn't say it out loud. Right? Yeah, but Ten Commandments are what? They're Old Testament. And so we need all Scripture. And in order to have it, we have to study it. That's why I'm so excited about these kids memorizing the Word of God. Because when you start memorizing the Word when you're young... It doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It's inside of you. That's why the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee, O God. Does that mean that you'll be able to just recite it word for word, on command for the rest of your life? No. But when you need it, God will quicken it to you. But God will not quicken something to you that you have not bothered to put inside of you in the first place. Amen? You've got to put it there. And when you put it there, God will bring it back to you. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. And I want to move a little quicker. I want to talk about reasons that you must study the Bible. Now, some of this will be kind of a no-brainer, but some of it uh, will help us. Number one, God commands us to do so. God commands us to study the Word. And I'm going to go a little, a little harder than that. And I'm going to say that you cannot have a right relationship with God if you are not a student of the word. Do you know why there are people who are spiritual, but they are not in a right relationship with God? Because they have not studied the word. Anybody know what I mean when I say they're spiritual, but they're not? How many know spiritual people that are, that are <laughs> they're in all kinds of messes? I know a lot, you know, you can go, you can go a lot of places and find a lot of spiritual people, but spiritual is not the same as saved spiritual is not the same as sanctified uh, spiritual just means that you're in touch with the spirit realm you can be spiritual and you can be playing with the demonic and not know it the bible says that satan can disguise himself as an angel of light you can think that because you are having spiritual experiences with things that make you feel good you can think that you're having an experience with God, and you might just be having an experience with a demon. I have known people who were playing around with the demonic, and they thought they were having a relationship with God. How could that happen? It happens because they were spiritual, but they were not studying the Word of God. You need to study the Word of God because God never contradicts His Word. God speaks primarily through his word. How many want to hear the voice of God? How many want God to talk to you? Nobody looking around, just me looking. But how many need to know God's will for something very specific in your life right now? Just raise your hand. Nobody looking around, but just you need to know God's will, something very, very specific. Well, let me tell this to you. God speaks through his word. I know that he can speak to you. Verbally, he can speak to you in a still, small voice. There are ways that God, God can communicate any way that he wants to, but God 
primarily speaks through his word. And many people want to hear God's voice, but they are never in his word. And I'll tell you something right now. God will not speak to you audibly if you're not interacting with his word. Because there have been many times in my life where I'm begging God to tell me something and God said, you've got a Bible right there. Why don't you pick it up? Because the answer is there. If you were in my word, you would already know the answer. Hello. And so if we would, and then because the word is alive, how many know the word is alive? Because God interacts through his words, you can be reading the word and God will be speaking to you as you're reading the word. How many can testify that's true in your life, that you're studying the word and as you're studying, God begins to talk to you while you're studying the word. Why? Because the word is anointed. The word is, is powerful. The word guards you from sin. Everyone said sin, false doctrine, and spiritual abuse. You cannot know what sin is if you're not interacting with the word of God. You cannot know what sin is based on your feelings. I'm going to try to help somebody tonight. I hear this. If, if I had a dime for every time I heard someone say, I don't feel like that's sinful, I would be a millionaire right now. I mean, I would have a yacht somewhere. Or I would be paying for lots and lots of missionaries. That's probably what I'd be doing. Forgive me, Lord. I don't want a yacht. If I had a dime. But here's the, here's the problem. Our flesh, our flesh is not going to identify sin as sin because our flesh likes sin. Maybe it doesn't like every sin, but we all have a sin that our flesh, maybe it's a unique sin to you, but we all have something that our flesh is drawn to that is sinful and ungodly. And without the convicting power of the word of God, we are not going to be able to rightly divide good from evil. That's why you have people calling evil good and you have people calling good evil. Why? Because they're not using the template that God gave them, which is the word of God. The word of God convicts us. It encourages. It strengthens. It builds faith. It enables us. It gives understanding, which keeps you grounded. It enables you to reach, teach, preach, and evangelize others. You will not be able to win people to the Lord if you do not know the word of God. It brings revelation. How many are thankful for revelation? As you study the word, God will begin to reveal things to you about the word. You say, well, Brother Ryan, when I study, I, I struggle to understand. Let me tell you, the more you study, God will give you more and more revelation. God will help you. And many times he will send people to you to help you understand. It's the Ethiopian eunuch principle. How many remember from the book of Acts? He's studying and, uh, and God translates a minister to help him, literally just transports a minister there to explain to him what he's reading. God will help you as you begin to study his word. I believe, this is something I believe from, from the bottom of my heart, that when someone studies the word with a true and humble heart, and they have a desire to know what the word says, if they are in error or if they are in false doctrine, God will always send someone to them if they're hungry. God will send someone to them to show them what is happening in the word. God will bring revelation to them. How many believe that God gives everyone a chance? 
I really do. I believe that God gives everyone a chance. Now, if they don't want a chance, then God's not going to force them to have it. But if someone wants a chance, I don't care if they're in the farthest corner of the world without electricity. God is going to give them a chance if they are hungry and if they are reaching out to him. I believe that with all of my heart. The Bible is relevant to all of life's questions and concerns. There is nothing that you will face in this life that the Bible does not address in some way. Now, maybe it's not going to address it um, directly. For example, there's a lot of moral questions that are related to the Internet and to social media and television and all of these things. But there was no television or social media or Internet in Bible days. But we do have a lot of principles in the Bible that teach us that we need to be careful with certain things. Uh, the children aren't in here, so I, I, can, I can go ahead and say something like this. But um, uh, pornography is not specifically addressed in the Bible. I heard someone say one time, well, how can you preach against pornography? Pornography is not mentioned in the Bible. But Scripture plainly says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Right? The Bible says that, that we need to guard our hearts and guard our minds. And so uh, to me, it's clear. I've, I've never understood how someone could say um, it would be wrong for me to tell a dirty joke. It would be wrong for me to curse. It would be wrong for me to kill someone. It would be wrong for me to uh, commit adultery. But I could be entertained by it all day long and laugh at it. I don't know how you can do that. To me, that's a to me that's a a, a disconnect from reality. It, it makes if 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 it's wrong for you to do it, it would be wrong for you to be entertained by it. Hello, I'm not going to laugh at sin. Right, I'm not going to be in, entertained by immorality. Because because if it would be wrong for me to do it, it would be wrong for me to enjoy it. As a, a form of entertainment. Because when you enjoy something like that, it really says something about your heart, doesn't it? You know, I, I, uh, someone sent a clip to me one time of a comedian. And I like comedy if it's clean. And they said, this is a clean comedian. And uh, the jokes were clean. But they kept using the name of God as a curse word. Well, that grieves my spirit. I can't be entertained by someone who is constantly taking the name of the Lord in vain. That ought to, that ought to grieve someone who loves the Lord. That it would be like uh, someone using my, my son's name or my daughter's name as a curse word. That would grieve me. If someone was using uh, my children's name or, or my father's name, that would, that would hurt me. And so when someone takes the name of my Savior in vain, well, that breaks my heart. I'm not going to be entertained by that. And so yeah, the word is relevant to all of life's questions. It draws you into a close relationship with God. It will give you godly confidence and spiritual sure-footedness. You will be more likely to be able to walk in righteousness and to not stumble when you know the word for yourself. If, if, if you are depending on someone else's understanding to... Uh, to have a spiritual sure-footedness, then you're going to do like I did. You're going to, everything's going to be going great, and then all of a sudden you're going to have a, a filthy black stain on your carpet. 
Why? Because I was depending on someone else's knowledge and I had not put that knowledge into my life. Now, there's nothing wrong. You have to have submission. You have to follow leadership. You have to go to people for help. But in the end, you have to put it in your heart. You have to put it in your spirit. The word of God invites the blessings of God. It brings joy into your life and it gives you wisdom. Anybody know the difference between wisdom and knowledge? I know it's on the screen, but you know the difference between wisdom and knowledge is important. Knowledge is having information, and wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. You know, there's a lot of people who have knowledge, but they don't know how to use that knowledge correctly. And so we want to have knowledge, but we also want to have wisdom. The Bible tells us to pray for wisdom, amen? How many want to be wise in the Lord? We want to be wise. All right, we'll go to the next slide, moving very quickly. Now, let's talk a little bit about studying the Word. Three rules of Bible interpretation. Number one, the rule of definition. Everyone said definition. What do words mean? Uh, any study of Scripture includes the study of words. You have to be, uh, you have to be thinking about what does this actually mean? What did God mean when he said this? Uh, it's not just what we think it means, but what did God mean when he said this? The rule of context. Everyone said context. Every word you read in the Bible must be understood in light of the words that come before and after. In other words, uh, you have to understand why it was being said, where it was being said, and the context of why and where it was being said. Uh, you know, if you have you ever stepped in on a conversation and heard something that sounded really strange because you heard it out of context. You, do, you know what I'm talking about. You come in, you know, two people are having a, a deep conversation, and you just kind of step in and you hear something and you go, whoa, I don't know what they're talking about. And you want to kind of run from the room. I've <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the story that just jumped in my mind, but uh, it, it can be strange. Why? Because you didn't hear the context. You didn't hear what happened before, and you didn't hear what happened after. And so all you had was just this, this little phrase or a sentence that didn't make any sense. But it, if you'd let yourself use your imagination, it might would have sounded really bad. And so with the word of God, you have to make sure you understand why it was being said, where it was being said. People who take scripture out of context are constantly in danger of being in very severe false doctrine. You can get in a lot of bad places when you take the word out of context. And number three, the rule of historical background. I know we're going to snooze a little here, but this is very important. You have to have some awareness of the life, the language, the culture, the setting, the audience, all of the society. In other words, uh, the Bible was written over 1,500 year time period, over 2,000, 3,000, some cases 4,000 years ago. And so you have to have an idea of the context that was taking place uh, so that you can understand what was being said and why it was being said. Because if you don't, you're going to misinterpret things and use them incorrectly. And so it's important to know the setting. All right, I'll take you to the next slide. And we're going to give a couple simple Bible study helps. And I'm trying to decide. I really would love to go two hours, but I can tell you all fall asleep if I do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up in a second here. Let me give you some quick helps that really have changed my life. And they sound simple, but they will change yours too if you will use them. Take notes and highlight. Have more than one Bible. Have more than one Bible. Uh, I, I was thinking about my grandmother as I was studying this lesson tonight. 
my grandmother who just passed away. And she is the one who taught me and really ingrained it in my heart and in my mind to uh, have a, a specific Bible that was my note-taking Bible. Now, now I have about 20 note-taking Bibles that I've filled up over the years. But, um, but I started with one, and I got a great big one. And uh, it's not the one I carried around places. I had a small one that I would take places, but it was my home personal Bible study uh, Bible. And, uh, and she, I remember she, back when there were Christian stores on every corner, remember uh, family Christian stores used to be everywhere and Lifeway and all Berean. And uh, she took me to Lifeway. And uh, they have those, uh, they're like crayons, but, but they're highlighters. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And she bought me a pack of those. And, uh, and at the front of my Bible, now they have the Rainbow Bible. Anybody ever seen that before? The Rainbow Bible is really neat because it's color-coded. And each color, if it's a verse that's blue, it's relating to baptism. Or if it's a blur- verse that's red, uh, it's relating to Jesus in some way. But what I did is I took all those colored, uh, like, crayons, and I would write the color, and then I would say, these are verses about baptism. And every time I came across a verse about baptism, I would highlight that verse in blue. And then purple was uh, holiness. And so anytime I came across a verse about holiness, I would color code that in purple. And it didn't take but a few years, and my entire Bible was colored. Yeah. But you know what that did? That ingrained things in my mind, that, that put it in my mind. When you take notes, when you highlight, it brings things to your remembrance, and it changes the way you study. Uh, I write in my Bible. Some people think that's disrespectful, and I understand why they do. I do have Bibles that I will not write in. Anybody have a Bible that you just won't write in no matter what? I, I have Bibles like that. But uh, most of my Bibles, I'll write in it. Why? Because if the Lord's dealing with me as I'm studying, or if the Lord, or if I have a question, sometimes I'll put a great big question mark by a scripture, and I'll say, in prayer later, I'll say, Lord, I I'm struggling with that scripture. Help me to understand, and I'll read it, and I'll pray, and then I'll I'll go through other scriptures, and God will take me back and forth. I think it's important to interact with your Bible as you read and as you study. Pursue the answer to those questions. So if you have a question. Don't just leave it unanswered. Find the answer. Ask God to help you find the answer. Ask your pastor. Ask ask someone that you know is mature in the Lord. And let me just pause and say this. Do not go to someone who is not mature in the Lord with your Bible questions. Amen, Brother Ryan. Amen. Glory. If you have a legal question, if you have a legal question, you are not going to go find the cashier at Walmart and ask them about your legal question. Amen? If you have a legal question, you're not even going to go to your doctor. Right? Your doctor might be very intelligent and very helpful in many ways, but they can't help you with your legal question. You're going to find a lawyer. If you have a medical question, you're not going to go to your lawyer. You're going to go to your doctor. And if you have a biblical question, you need to find someone who is mature and strong in their relationship with God and who knows how to rightly divide 
the word. That's very, very important. Read the Bible through the lens of a learner. Everyone said a learner, not a know-it-all. When I read the word, and, and I know this is easier said than done, but I try very hard not to read it through the lens of my opinion. Anybody know what I mean when I say that? You know, sometimes, and this is the problem, by the way, with uh, most of modern Christianity, and, and this is why we struggle when we witness to uh, a Baptist, for example, because a Baptist can read the same scripture you're reading and interpret it completely differently. Why? Because they're reading it through the lens of their opinion. They're reading it through the lens of what they already believe to be true. Now, when I read the Bible, I do my very, very best to read it and say, Lord, I want to approach this as if I don't know anything, and I want to take it at face value. In other words, what is the word actually saying? I don't want to assume that I know the answer. I want to read it and let it speak to me. How many want the word of God to speak to you as you read it? And, and I'll tell you what will happen. When you do that, when you read the word and, and you take the know-it-all out of your system, there are things that you thought you knew that you don't know. There are things that you thought you understood that you don't understand because God will deal with you as you as you say, Lord, teach me, teach me your ways. Read David. Every time he talked about the word, he said, teach me your ways. Did that mean he didn't know anything? No, he knew a lot of things, but he was humble enough to say, Lord, when I interact with your word, your word's going to change me. And sometimes it's going to change my opinion. Sometimes your, his word is going to change your mind. Visualize the text in an illustrative and poetic way. Um, this will be my last slide. Don't worry. I, I could go on and on. In Bible college, Brother Mooney, um, Pastor Paul Mooney there at Calvary Tabernacle, one of the things he did in our preaching class that has stuck with me for many years is he came into class with a great big, huge uh, children's Bible. Great big giant one with uh, and every page had a, a colored, a full color illustration, uh, you know. And so if it was David and Goliath, there was a big picture of David and Goliath. And he said, when I study to preach, he said, whenever I'm studying uh, to preach a sermon, he said, whenever I'm trying to understand a story in the Bible that is difficult to understand, he said, I will go get my children's Bible. And he said, because there's something about when you, even though it's not a real picture, it's just an artist drawing. He said, there's something about seeing that picture that brings it to life in your mind. It takes it from being more than just words and it becomes a picture in your mind. And so that stuck with me for many years. And so when I read the Bible uh, and when I read a story, especially the Old Testament, you know, if you read the Old Testament, it's story after story and and things happening, and sometimes there's a lot of moving parts. And so in my mind, I'll try to read it to where I can visualize what's happening, and it's not just words on a page, but it comes to life to me, and, uh, and, and it will help you to understand what's happening. Take the time to pause and reflect on what you've read. Uh, the psalmist called this meditation. Everyone said meditation. I said, I meditate on your word day and night. Uh, when we say meditation, that scares some people because we're not talking about Zen or Buddhism or, you know, the hmm kind of meditation. We're talking about meditation where you just take a moment in silence where you consider what you have just read. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you will take a quiet moment with the word and, and you'll stop 
talking in your mind. You know what I mean when I say talking in your mind? You ever talk to yourself when you're reading? You talk to yourself when you're studying? I do. Maybe I'm the only crazy person here, but, uh, you know, my mind is always racing. When I'm studying, when I'm reading, my mind goes, maybe I get that from Pastor French. Pastors like that. Our minds, we're just constantly, it's like we can't turn our minds off. And so sometimes I have to sit down and I just have to kind of say, okay, Lord, I'm listening. And, and when you listen, it's amazing how God will speak to you in that quiet moment. Sometimes you have to shut everything down and let God speak to you, speak to you in a moment of silence. Take the time to research words or illustrations that you don't understand. This is very, very important. I'm going to say that again. Take the time to study words, concepts, doctrines that you don't understand. If you come across something that is confusing to you, don't just jump past that. Mark a note to yourself and say, I don't understand that, and I need to understand that. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get to a place to where I understand what is being said there. Don't just run past that, because there could be a powerful truth in there that you need to get a hold of in your life. Take time to put it in your spirit. Many, many people, though, they'll, they'll give up reading because they'll read a scripture, they won't understand it, and they'll just skip and skip and skip, and then they never understand, and then they quit studying and they quit reading because they never took time to go back and discuss and figure out what was happening. Discuss thoughts and questions with others who are sincere, and this one is very important. Can we say it together? Spiritually, about three of us said it, spiritually mature. You know, when, when you're studying, it is important to make sure that when you're interacting with people, especially if you have questions, and I know I've already covered it, but I'm going to cover it again. Make sure that you're interacting with people who are spiritually mature. Because if you don't, you will wind up allowing the blind to lead the blind. Hello? We don't need the blind leading the blind. We need to find people who are sincere and spiritually mature. If you have questions, if you have doubts, if you have concerns, if you have things that you don't understand... Be very careful who you talk to about that. Is that okay? Be very careful who you talk because not everyone's motivations are pure. There are people who, if you're struggling with something or you're trying to understand something, there are people who will take advantage of that. And that would be a dangerous position for you to place yourself in. I don't just allow anyone to speak into my life. I won't just allow anyone to, to speak their spiritual opinion into my life. I want to make sure that it's someone who is sincere. In other words, they are sincere with God and they are sincere with me. And I also want to make sure that they have a relationship with God that I respect so that when I receive it, I can know that I'm receiving this from someone who is right with God, who loves God. And even if they're wrong, if they're sincere and love the Lord and spiritually mature, their spirit will not bring a destructive spirit into my life. We might both be wrong, but we have a right spirit. And if you have a right spirit, it'll eventually take you to the truth. Because if you're seeking, you're going to find. If you're knocking, the door's going to be open. But you want to make sure you're seeking in the right places and you're knocking on the right doors. And most importantly, be prayerful and praiseful when you study the word. Let's stand. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up because uh, I'm in a really, really, really teaching mood tonight. And so I, I, I can't keep you too much longer. But always be prayerful and always be praising. 
when you study the word. We know to pray when we study. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll just start to praise God when you're reading the word, all of a sudden you'll have a Holy Ghost party. I'm going to tell you, you can have a Holy Ghost party while you're studying the Word of God. You don't have to have a praise break. You don't have to have a drum beat. You don't have to have an organ going up and down your spine. You can be alone somewhere in a room. It can be completely quiet. There's nobody shouting around you, nobody dancing around you. But if you just start praising God while you're reading His Word, there have been times when people probably thought I was absolutely insane because I'll be in a Starbucks sometimes and I'll be studying my Bible and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost will will show something to me that I'd never seen before and I get excited and before before I remember that I'm in a public place I start saying praise God well (laughs) I'm kind of when I see when something hits me and I'm studying the word for me that's what I love and so that nothing gets me more excited than the word of God and there have been times when I forgot I was in Starbucks and I jump up and say man praise God and I look around and and people are looking at me like I've lost my mind But you know what? I don't care because I felt the power of God right in a public place because the word of God is powerful. And by the way, it doesn't embarrass me. If people can shout and scream over footballs and baseballs and basketball, I can shout and scream over the word of God in a public place. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. It is the word of God. It is alive. It's powerful. And I thank God for it. Don't be afraid to praise God. When you praise God when you're studying, the Holy Ghost will show up. Why don't we give him praise right now? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your touch. I pray that we would be skillful in your word. I pray that we would rightly divide the word. I pray, oh God, that we would be sincere in our study. I pray, Lord, that we would be persistent in our study. And Lord, I pray that we would not be weary in well-doing. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.